Hey everybody and welcome to podcast 24. I don't know what I'm going to talk about this time. I have like a little bit of an idea for maybe a few minutes, but that's it. So I think I'll call this the podcast of many things and what happens, happens. Single white human, looking for group, my stats so high, don't be out of the loop. Got a new elite staff that you can equip, close your mouth up ladies, this is pure nerd nick. I'm a pixel based fantasy, I'm Anslow Stoic, a hack and slash, who the heck's more heroic? Check me out, cloth armor, fits me like a glove, just Twitter, a time I'm ready for love. Hang with me in my MMO, so many places we can go. I'm better than a real world quest, you'll touch my plus five to dexterity wrist. I think I will kind of copy the format of somebody else's podcast that I listen to and talk about just general newsy stuff that's happened because Gamescom just happened and I guess that's the big European gaming convention. I would have loved to have gone. I'd actually never heard of it until this year Um, but obviously you know I don't have money to fly over to Europe and buy a hotel and stick around for a couple days and do coverage. You know it's, it's what I would like to do with my rabbit life but I... I don't have the money right now to even go to conventions, you know, just a few states away from me, let alone uh, across the country or out of the country. But I posted some videos of um, some uh, reviews that a guy did for Star Wars The Old Republic as well as Guild Wars 2. So I'll just I'll just ramble about my um, my thoughts on that, even though I rambled a little bit in the post itself. I have probably gone back a step in Star Wars The Old Republic of being super, super excited and really, really wanting to play to back to being, well, maybe, maybe not. I haven't canceled my pre-order yet, um, but I am uh, back on the fence as to whether the extra 100 bucks for the collector's edition is going to be worth it for me or not. The The video did show his, his two videos that I found of his so far that um, it's probably like an hour and a half of gameplay. And it does get very standard MMOG feeling after those first few minutes of excitement of going, woo, it's Star Wars. You know, it's just a standard kind of get the quest, go over there, complete the quest, come back, go, go get the quest, come back, blah, 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 blah. Boring. So, you know, it is, it is done by Bioware and LucasArts, so there's going to be a huge amount of Star Wars lore and, you know, story about your character in the Star Wars universe. So for that, he said it looked really incredible. Everything is voice acted. Um, In the few even low-level quests he did, there was a lot of points where it would stop and there would be conversations and there would be, you know, just this huge amount of story. So if I do stick with it, if I do play it, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the pool for beta, so... I may get a chance to give it a serious look before, you know, before it launches. I'm I'm going to probably play it more as a single player Star Wars game than an MMOG and I'll probably probably not even um group a whole lot save for the the groups that I need to to be in. I'll, I'll probably take it more like a single player online game than anything else because it doesn't really look like it's changing the genre a whole lot. They are adding companions. So, you know, you've got your friend. And I expect, you know, if I play Jedi, I, I expect when I start that'll probably be like maybe a mercenary that helps me out or probably a Jedi Master. And then, you know, as I as I level up, it'll probably change to, you know, a fellow Jedi maybe 
and uh, probably eventually a Padawan. But the story does look really cool and really interesting. The question is, since I'm probably going to treat it more like a single player game than an MMOG, is it really worth it for me? Because, you know, you've got that 15, 15 bucks a month tacked on. But in addition to that, I'm more concerned about that an MMOG is kind of a commitment that if you like it, if you enjoy it, you're kind of committing to coming back for every expansion that happens. And it's like, if I'm not going to treat it like a standard MMOG and more of a single player game, I don't really know that I want to make that commitment. I do still have, you know, September, October, November, December before it launches, if it launches, you know, in the claimed de December time frame. So there's plenty of time to figure it out. And again, I've, I've got the, the pre-order code in that gets me into beta at some point. And there's, there's nothing stopping people from getting a pre-order and getting into beta and then canceling. You know, people do it all the time. And um, in my opinion, that's really your best safety net in, in gaming these days is, you know, you get a free trial of something early on. You know, granted, it's not finished. It's not 100% polished. Things may still change. But if you ask me, the only way to really know if you're going to like a game or not is to actually play the game. You know, it doesn't matter how many videos you watch, how much reading of what they plan to do with the game. In my opinion, you really, really have to actually play the game and experience it and see and feel, in a way, how how the moves go, how the character goes, how the animations go, how the story flows, and, and see if you like it. I mean, for yourself, experiencing it through your own eyes and your own hardware that, in theory, you would be using for, uh, for launch. So, we'll see. There was some footage of Guild Wars 2 as well, and I am actually more excited about Guild Wars 2 than I was before. I, um, I wasn't expecting that because I, I knew I would really, really like it, and I'm really, really looking forward to it, but I was concerned that it would be a little bit too action-y, and granted, this was the char starting area. So this is like the lowest of the low level stuff. So it's not going to play as fast as later levels, but one of my big concerns was that it would be too actiony and that it would be kind of like, you know, a, an arcade game on PC. But it's not. It's actually reasonably paced. Um the buttons look to be triggered at about eh, I'd say 75% of the time as a normal game. Uh, normal MMOG. So it is a little bit faster, but the important things are that he's not targeting any critters in the in the uh, the time he's running the demo. So I think it's just you get in range and you attack because he was even very impressed that you could attack when there was nothing there. You could swing your weapons at nothing. And if you attack something and there's multiple creatures in range, anything that's within your arc is going to be hit. So you know, I, I'm not so like, ooh, it's AE automatically as much as I am, hey, this is cool because that means if you're doing a single, you know, a, a one-handed weapon versus two-handed, there's a big impact right there in terms of strategy. You know, how close you want to get to the monsters, how close they need to be to hit you. And since you could trigger it to auto-repeat that same button, that same skill, you know, it, it adds on this whole other layer of strategy of, do I want to have it auto-attacking with that one skill and then consider tactics and positioning and use um, 
you know my my dodge ability which which it runs off of endurance so you have limited dodge it's not like roll 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 which i was worried about it's it's not going to be like that so it becomes very different in terms of strategy than the standard mmoji the only other mmoji i've ever seen do that was dnd online and in my opinion i think they held back a little bit too much i commented about this in beta and what I said was, guys, you're making this hybrid between action, you know, an arcade action game and a standard MMOG. And what you're doing really isn't working because it's, it was a little bit too mishmashed. It's like, you're just spamming the attack button. Granted, I haven't played in years. Um, I did try it when it went free to play, but aside from that, I hadn't played since pretty much beta. I, I didn't pick it up at launch, but... You would basically just spam the attack button, and skills really didn't matter a whole lot. Traps really didn't matter a whole lot because they were fixed in position. I was expecting something more like Prince of, Prince of Persia style or God of War style, where it's like you're going to want to dodge this trap, you're going to want to you know, get your timing right, you're going to want to jump here, jump there. But it wasn't like that. So it was more like an MMOG that you, you walk around, and then you spam the attack button, and then you walk somewhere else. So... D&D Online really didn't pull it off quite the way I was expecting a hybrid action slash MMOG to work. But I think Guild Wars 2 is really pulling it off well. And again, um, these are links I posted on my Facebook, so you guys can check that out and see see for yourself what I'm, what I'm talking about and uh, decide for yourself if you like it or not. One of the things that I was I was happy the guy in one of the videos I posted did was um, it was a demonstration by the developer and he was playing an Asura Guardian, which are the little race. Uh, I tend to play the, the not quite so serious race if I'm going to play a male body. And that's what I was um, looking at doing because I, I like the Paladinish class and Guardian appears to be that's you know that type and style for Guild Wars 2 so I was really really happy that there was demo of both the race and class I was looking at doing because I am I'm kind of concerned about that because I have the hesitation that because it is the small race because they are not quite so serious um, his laugh his laugh um, animation is just hilarious though he was he's like slapping his leg and rolling on the ground going ha 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 so that I totally loved but there were a couple of other things that I'm like, I don't know. Because when he was running, he was sort of skipping. It's not quite a run, not quite a skip, kind of this... It looks kind of odd and silly. And then uh, when he came to a halt from running one direction and he kind of turned quickly, kind of screeched and kind of leaned over one way. And I'm like, ah, it looks like he's going to fall down. So I, I don't know. He might be a little too uh, on the silly side for me. I don't know, though. I mean, I, I would rather play something, I think, a little bit too silly than um, completely, totally for the serious. Because, you know, animations are important to me, but also um, I like being a little bit different and unique. I don't think a lot of people will play that race. And um, the little bit of the history they have for them is that they are an intellectual race, they are subterranean, they like tech. So that that fits me personally. Um, the question is, you know, are they a race that are, you know, interested in 
in terms of war and uh, the Guardian class in a way that I would find interesting because that too is also really important to me. So with it, you know, a character I'm looking at playing for, you know, say I play it for a short time, four months, but what if I wind up absolutely completely loving the game and I wind up playing it for a year, year and a half, two years plus, this is going to be a choice that's going to stick with me, you know, unless I change, unless I change classes. That little guy is going to be the guy who is me, you know, for possibly years on end. And I make kind of a joke when I was playing my, my gnome in, in WoW, and people go like, oh, shut up, gnome. And, you know, I'd, I'd be like, hey, we can't all be tall, beautiful people, now can we? And it's, you know, it's a joke because we can. You know, everybody can pick whatever race they want, you know, pick the pretty hot girl race, you know, whatever. So, you know, there is a choice. But, you know, in terms of personality, I like, you know, the character in the race to match my personality as much as possible, both in race and uh, history of race and, you know, history and um, attitude sort of towards the, the approach they take on a particular class. So to me, that's that's really kind of important and something I really have to think about. I think maybe a lot of people don't really think about that, and probably the majority of the people just really don't care. I mean, they they pick the the race they like that thinks you know that looks like them or or that um, you know is the hot girl race because it's the hot girl race, and I don't think a lot of people really pay that much attention to it. Another big question that's come up pretty much because of my current guild and the current server that we're on is, you know, do I want to roleplay and what server do I want to be on? I personally like to roleplay a little bit. You know, like I said, you know, I'll, I'll make a little joke like that now and then that is roleplaying-ish. And I will do some, you know, some emotes and, and bind some things to emotes. And I'll wave and I'll say bye and stuff. Um, but it's like, you know, that could be important in terms of picking a server because in my current game with my current guild they picked a not role-playing server and I I don't really like that choice because the people aren't necessarily bad you know in, in terms of general population but in terms of general population they also don't really care about that stuff I mean I've been kind of insulted by you know having my role-playing macros and it's like I, I don't use them a whole lot. It's maybe a couple of times an hour. But other people have commented and said, you know, they really like it because they're, you know, funny or helpful. And, um, you know, they make references to, to popular culture, as it were. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. And, you know, it's, it's like cool for them. So, you know, these are kind of choices that are all lasting choices about how you represent yourself and how you know, how you portray yourself in the world of gaming, you know, when you can control things, you know, it's not like, you know, you're born a certain way and you can't control that. With a game, you can. And so you have to be okay with your choices, not only what they mean to you, but what they mean to other people. I think, you know, uh, you know, obviously what they mean for you is far more important because this is something that's going to be, you know, in theory, making you happy for, you know, like I said, four months, six months, a year, multiple years, however long it is you play the game. So this is, you know, your avatar, and um, you should be happy with that, and, and consider as many things as you can. I know a lot of people who don't, uh, don't do the beta, 
don't get the chance to really go over animations and say, is this really the race I want to play in terms of animation and in terms of history? You know, they pick it up and they only have so many hours to play a week. And so they're playing. They they don't have time to consider philosophy or, or psychology or anything like that. So, you know, give it some thought and uh, determine if it's important to you or not. In the several weeks that my ankle has been broken, I've gotten several compliments, I guess, and uh, sort of boggling that, you know, when I tell people that I'm I'm doing everything on my own, they are, I think, amazed and shocked and surprised. Not many people do things on their own, and certainly not by choice. None of this is by choice. I wouldn't be doing it on my own. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be homeless and, and staying homeless and 100% on myself if I had a choice. These are things, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of forced to do, and I have to do it because it's my situation and I don't have any choice on the matter. With gaming and choosing to do single-player games or soloing online, those times are a choice. I like to take baths, um, not a whole lot of baths, but maybe once every four to six months, you know, when I'm in a home and I, I can do such things. But the conditions for my taking a bath are kind of similar to my playing a single-player game. It's like I want to have my quiet, private time for myself. I want to be able to control the environment and have, you know, if I'm taking a bath, maybe I'll take a little rubber ducky and maybe take a little snack in and chill for a while. And in the same way, you know, I like to play single-player games when it's quiet, when it's calm, when there isn't anything around to distract me. If I am in the noisy coffee shop where I, I play my online games, I'll I'll basically just play my online games because I don't mind those being interrupted. I don't mind there being distractions around me. I don't mind it if people you know ask me about my leg or my laptop or whatever while I'm playing. But if I'm playing a single player game, that's sort of more personal space. I want to be you know by myself, undisturbed. I want to follow the story and and you know live my story and my adventure and you know, make as many choices that are personal and controllable to me as I can. I, I don't want, you know, interruptions, and I don't want to be forced down a single path. I don't know if this section really is very life-changing, but I, I think it's kind of important that, that people maybe think about when they play certain kinds of games. Like when I was in a home, I would play, you know, my online game kind of during the middle of the day, and then in the, the later evening, like, just before dinner or after dinner before bed, I would play my single-player games. And it's like I didn't think about it too much until until I realized that I am doing that because I do like to control my environment. I do like to have, you know, the noises around me at a fairly calm level to play my, my single-player games. And, you know, it was similar when I want to take a bath. You know, I would rarely take a bath because my roommates would always be around and they'd be making noise or being distracting or, you know, doing whatever in the living room. And, and that would sort of invade my quiet private time that I had for baths, which I found similar to my quiet private time that I would like to do for single-player games. 
So I think it might be kind of interesting to you if if you do discover that you're playing certain games at certain times of the day or under certain conditions, like you know, alone or with friends or whatnot. Um, you might you might find it interesting to think about maybe why you do that. I'm going to add a new section here and it's going to be something that comes back every now and then probably not too often but this will be sort of a, a maintenance tip um, you know things for your system or your um, gaming hardware that you might not necessarily think about and so for this first tip I think I will do the one people probably forget about the most and that is cleaning your keyboard and your mouse for this, you will just need one of those cans of compressed air. Checking online, it looks like the compressed air for a single can varies between $2 and about $6. And for a triple pack, it ranges from $15 to $25. I think the difference might be sometimes in how much air the can can hold. So you might want to check the size of the can as well as the price. I would also recommend you go to your local food or other kind of grocery store and pick up some cleaning alcohol. I think it's like ibuprofen something. It's usually like a dollar. Um, I don't recommend the slightly more expensive version, which is usually like a buck ten. Um, I think the difference is one is like seventy nine percent and one is ninety nine percent. You don't really need the ninety nine percent, and it's it's kind of just more stinky. It's kind of overkill. The the lesser version is just fine. And that can typically be found in the cough and cold section. Um, I, I don't think they put it anywhere else. Compressed air can be found online. Um, that's the easiest way to buy it. You can also buy it from computer stores. They also sometimes sell them in general electronics slash media stores. But they can be a little overpriced there. So I don't recommend going there if you can avoid it. So what you want to do is, when your computer is off, um, disconnect the keyboard. Um, I would recommend taking it like outside, because if it's been a while, it's going to get pretty messy. And then what you want to do is put it sort of facing vertically, and then just spray the can of air between the uh, between the keys, and um, just blow out everything you can. And eventually, you know, it'll kind of fall down into one spot. So you might want to turn it sort of upside down to blow out that last little bit. Obviously, um, keep your eyes away from it because if you're turning it upside down and you're looking for the crumbs to fall out, they're, they're obviously going to fall on your head as they fall out. So that's not uh, very enjoyable. Uh, we've probably all had that happen once, once upon a time. So I recommend you uh, keep it vertical if possible. But, you know, you want to get all the crumbs out of there with the compressed air. How the compressed air should work is you squeeze down on the trigger and it goes... Pfft, and if it starts to go, then you'll want to stop because what happens is that 
it sort of it sort of gets cold and condenses, and then um, you know it, it'll be spraying out water with the with the air, and you just want the air part. So if that happens, just set it down, let it uh, chillax for a little bit, maybe 30 seconds or so, until it it feels warmish again. Because it's kind of weird in that it will actually get cold as it as it does it, which is not you know something you normally feel with a can of something. So once you get all the little crumbs out, um, you can take it back to your computer or you can you can leave it, you know, outside, either or. Take the alcohol and then um, I usually just use like a paper towel, but I do it pretty often. So, you know, just put put a little bit of the the liquid on the paper towel, not too much, and then just you know wipe it all over the keyboard to wipe off the the dirty bits. If it's really super dirty, what you might want to do is take a Q-tip and then. Um, put the alcohol sort of in like a small container. It dries out pretty quick, so don't don't leave the bottle open. And then sort of dip the Q-tip into that little pool that you've got and then um sort of wiggle it around between the keys and that's that's really good for getting out the dirt there. But you don't really have to worry about spilling too much inside like if you, if you're going for the Q-tip action and it's your first try and you get a big drop in there, don't worry about it too much. This stuff dries out in like 30 seconds or so if it's if it's a normal size drop so it's not a big deal and it is um electronic safe you know I wouldn't recommend using it to flush out the little crumbs from the keyboard that would be crazy but um you know if you spill it it's not a big deal just give it you know two minutes five minutes to totally completely dry out and you'll be fine and then for your mouse it's not so much an issue with the optical and laser mice but with the older mice, the little feet on the bottom will get dirty. They'll accumulate dirt as you wiggle them around, especially if you don't use a good mouse surface, you know, mouse pad or whatever you choose to put it on. It will accumulate dirt, and you'll want to clean that off. Back with the older trackball-style mice, this became a really, really huge problem because what would happen is that the little trackball would get bits of yuck on it, and then they have like three different wheels in sort of a, a Y configuration. And those wheels would get gunk all sort of wound up around them. And so when you were trying to move the little trackball to trace your mouse around, it would just go instead of being smooth. And so, you know, your, your whole gaming experience would get messed up. If you ever want a, a demonstration of that, go to pretty much any public library or college library and uh, grab a mouse from a public system, turn it upside down. If it's a trackball, you know, you can just turn the little thing and pop out the trackball, and you can see the yuck. And um, I would recommend if you actually do have one of those kind of mice, which they're actually pretty rare these days, but if you do have one, I would recommend cleaning it out about every two weeks. There won't be too much in there, but, you know, you want it as clean and smooth as possible. The gamer-style optical and laser mice really aren't an issue with the feet. Um, but I do recommend, you know, flipping them over and, and checking them every now and then and being sure their little feet are smooth because, you know, you'll you'll be able to move your mice uh, better with smooth feet. So those are my tips for cleaning your keyboard and your mouse. If you haven't done it, I recommend you do so. Um, you probably regularly want to do it every six months or so. You don't really need to do it much more than that, but... I think most people tend to forget that, and uh, they also forget blowing out their system, which will be my next tip. Um, 
but you know they'll go years and like not clean their keyboard or you know some people i've i've met never clean their keyboard and it's like yikes so just things to think about for my my hardware tips and um occasionally like i said i'll do them to remind people um to do stuff they probably forget So that's it for another Rabbit Ramblings podcast. Yay for podcast 24. I think there were a few more lols this time than uh, sometimes, especially in the last little end bit. So I had a I had a good time and hopefully um people listening had a good time and had lols. Um that's really all I can think about. I had my birthday and there were some nice surprises for that. Um nothing super earth-shattering though. You know, a few a few presents and uh, a few presents to myself. Uh, you know, the presents I got were pretty much um, money and gift cards. So that was awesome. And cute little cards came with them. So that was awesome. But nothing um, nothing really huge other than that. I went out to dinner and, and saw a movie. And that was pretty, pretty standard. I mean, nothing earth-shattering about that. So um, I guess that's it for this podcast. I can't think of anything else to say. Um, playing through the games I got for myself and, uh, having a good time. There are older games, so, um, nothing, nothing huge there. I am very tempted to buy a new game that just came out, but I, I think I will hold off on that until I've finished my birthday present once. And, um, hopefully the price will go down a bit because these days I really shouldn't spend the, you know, 55 bucks to 60 bucks. Uh, launch price if you know it's a slightly cooler version i think this one is um 45 and then the, the slightly cooler version is like 50 something it's like eight bucks more so i would i would probably get the slightly cooler version i don't know what comes with it though there are a few games i will definitely be getting new um and and probably collector editions for for some of them but um other than about two or three I think that are coming up that I can think of off the top of my head there's nothing really totally exciting to me so um, we'll talk about those as they come up uh, during the, the close of the year uh, we're coming up on two of them I think possibly three and then uh, a couple that don't have solid launch dates so um, we'll talk about those when we get to them so um, lots of cool things coming in the future though and um, who knows, maybe somebody will say something and I will have a cool topic to talk about. Otherwise, I'll just keep rambling about things I think about and going in circles sometimes. So that's it for this time. Uh, hopefully everybody had a good time and I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>
that that's bleh, mm, too loud. And then for the mouse, oh wait, ah, back up. Uh, that's it. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use a space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. Whenever you type rabbit in any of those, be sure to, to put a one in place of I. Rabbit's Rambling is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribute Sharealike license.